0: Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris DeRoe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, and IRock dealer. Let's get to it.
1: Be prepared to sweat. In this episode of The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth, you will learn how to earn your black belt in financial self-defense. I'm Patrice Socora, with the host of this podcast, Chris DeRoe. Chris has been involved with martial arts since the age of 12. He's translated some of his knowledge into a practical self-defense checklist. Chris,
2: how did you get started in martial arts? Thanks, Patrice. Well, I've always had an interest in it. When I was a kid, I started actually Japanese jujitsu is what I had started in. And from there, over the years, I just transitioned from Quite a few different martial arts. We were just chatting there about how many. It was actually quite a few. <laughs> the longest one I've stuck with was the Krav God, and that's the one I enjoy the most. And I was doing that right up until COVID stopped. That along with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, because my son was involved in that. So my son was also in it, and now both my daughters want to get involved in it. We have all the mats and the punching dummy and all that stuff in the basement. So we play around with that stuff. It's kind of always been part of my life off and on. But yeah, that's kind of how I got started in it. That that's pretty intense. That Krav business, you know? Yeah, it is. It's what a what a workout. It's yeah. It's very very different than a traditional martial art. Like a lot of listeners might be not have probably never even heard of it. But if you Google it, it's pretty neat stuff. Oh. Very different from than a regular traditional art. But basically, what it is is with martial arts, one of the most important things wasn't how hard to punch the bag, it was situational awareness. Right. And how to avoid a bad situation in order to at least be able to identify it. And I'm always kind of testing my kids on that when we're out and about. And it's kind of with your finances too. It's just basically trying to avoid a bad situation and situ- situational awareness of everything around you in regards to your money. So mm-hmm. I'll go through a few steps here and on how you can kind of protect yourself with that and this is a little bit of a different podcast for me. I'm doing this one from home. I'm working from home today. I thought Friday I'll stay, I'll uh, stay at home and Mm -hmm. uh, Tina's using the office in the main floor. And just before this, I was in the garage holding a laptop for my son doing a show and tell for (laughs) his grade three class. And then I run in here and realize I don't have an office. And now I'm in my daughter's room in this little white desk that the chair barely covers half my butt and my knees are hitting the top of the desk. I feel like if I stand up, the whole desk will stick to me. But there you go. Situational awareness right there, right there. Surrounded in princesses and all kinds of stuff. So anyways.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, take your princesses, take your black belt. (laughs) And let's talk about, let's talk about step one here. You, You talk about reviewing insurance and your policies regularly
2: yeah so of course when any protection when it comes to finances the word insurance is going to obviously come up with that so first thing is you just have to make sure you understand your insurance a lot of people, home auto life critical illness all of those don't just get the renewal and just pay it and throw it in a folder or click online and that's it you do want to kind of review it because the the whole purpose of this is to protect you in a bad time you don't want to quickly find out that when you're going through that bad time, actually what your coverage covers. And I know this is not an exciting thing. You're gonna pull out on a Saturday night with a bottle of wine and go through, but you definitely wanna make sure that you do check this annually. I always put a reminder in my phone two months before renewals, just so that I can kind of quickly review stuff. And especially like auto, just so that I can review what I have. If I have questions for my broker, it still gives me time. And it also gives me time to, you know what? Just for peace of mind i'm gonna call a couple places just to make sure i'm paying the decent price for it and there's things like a few weeks ago a friend of mine in the auto industry he said yeah there's a depreciation clause that you should get i was like well what, what do you mean he goes well when you get newer vehicles he goes you can get this clause that if they get stolen or smashed that you get in pretty much full pop close to what you paid and i was like oh i never even heard of that and then i caught yeah and then he gave an example of a friend that it helped significantly so i'm like okay i'm gonna call and we already had it, so I didn't even know about it, but I'm glad that I have it, and now I know about it. And now someone such as yourself, Patrice, you're going to be do the same thing. I'm going to check as soon as we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, You were talking about princess dresses. Also, there's home insurance. So it's just simple things like the auto, just double-checking what you have. Flood coverage in my area is, is a bigger one because years ago, a lot of homes around us were flooded and people weren't very happy about finding out that they didn't have as much cover to just assume they did even simple things too. Like if you have a dog,
1: mm-hmm. cer-
2: certain policies will cover only certain breeds of dogs. And that's something as a dog owner, you want, I, I, my wife got that checked because she had heard from a friend. So it's just simple things like that, that you want to definitely check out life insurance, When does the term end? Has your health changed? Has your debt gone up? What options do you have down the road when this policy's up? Can you convert it into something? Other thing too, I just ran into this the other day. It was a new client and they just assumed they had more than enough insurance. They didn't even want to review it because they just Hmm. thought they had more than enough. But I just said, we have to, and it's part of our process. And they're like, okay, no problem. So we went through a thing that we call a needs calculator And went through it and they were quite a bit underinsured. And the reason for that is I'll just make really quick example. Young couple, let's say for simple math, you're both making 50 grand coming into the household, Mm -hmm. say that's net. And that's a hundred thousand dollars coming in. And now one of those spouses and you have kids and one of those spouses passes away. It doesn't mean that 50% of the expenses are gone, not even close. Right. So now, if you needed 75% of that income, where does the other 25% come while the kids are still young? And that's life insurance. And where a lot of young couples get kind of mixed up with this is that they're just used to hearing mortgage insurance or mortgage coverage. They go to the bank and get their mortgage and the bank can only cover you for the limit that you've borrowed. So they think that they're fine. But in that example right there, yeah, the mortgage will be paid off, but there's still going to be other expenses. So that's just where it's important to make sure you... Have at least gone through that needs calculator just for peace of mind, and you can Google that. There's a whole bunch of them. You can just Google insurance needs calculator, and you'll get one. I know Manual Life has one that's pretty simple. So there's a few out there. Critical illness, it's just good to review it. Make sure you know that you have it. Quickly just review the conditions. And I've I, I did a podcast on this and just critical yes. illness. One of the most important things that comes with it is that second opinion service that you. Don't have to claim on it. Maybe it's something that is not covered in the policy, but you do have access to to companies such as like Best Doctors or Health Service Navigator where you can just simply call a nurse and they can get you resources on any condition or question you have. So it's just simple things like that. Health coverage, is it through the employer? I just spoke to a client this week about this where he's leaving and now going self-employed. So before he leaves, we have to get quite a few things figured out in regards to that. It's just important to be, a, to, to be aware of it. And you don't want to have a lag in that. No, especially with health coverages because there's different ones that we can get clients. But if you have health conditions and you're leaving your employer, you have only so many days where you can just jump into another policy. Or if you're healthy enough, you can do a medical and probably get a better one. But there is that option where you're leaving an employer's coverage, going into and getting your own, that you can just roll without a medical into a plan. Mm -hmm. But if it's after 30 to 60 days type thing, then now you've lost that. Now you can only get coverage if you do a medical. So there's little intricacies like that that you just wanna kind of have your ducks in a row for.
1: Okay, all right. Cash flow. You were talking about princess dresses there. I know how much those things cost. (laughs) I have a granddaughter who is a princess through and through. Tell me about cash flow.
2: Yeah, so any listeners to this show, you heard me talk about this a lot. It's been mentioned in br- many podcasts, and I feel it's obviously one of the more important things you can do, because it, it's protection. It's protecting your finances by you knowing how much cash flow is needed to support my family's lifestyle. It's literally like a business. You have to know the money in and the money out.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I've mentioned previously, some of my, small, my business owners, they know every penny that comes into that business and out. As soon as you ask me about the personal finances, oh, I have no idea. I don't know what my, my, my wife or my husband <laughs> handles that. <laughs> so you need to make sure that you know what the bare minimum amount is to support your lifestyle. Is there more money at the end of the month or is there more month at the end of the money? Like those are things you just don't want to say, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. Like we, we seem to get by and that. I go, okay, is your debt going up slowly every month? Are you just kind of floating along the line or is there surplus? Like you, you want to have an idea of that. I've mentioned before in the resource section of our website, there's a cash flow sheet template in there that you can use. It's an Excel or PDF and you can use that. It's great. There's all also other ones online. I just found the one of my, I put the simplest one that I have on the website. The other thing is doing this right now is a little different. Obviously with COVID that's changed a lot of things and a lot of people's expenses are way down. So you don't, Want to make massive plans around your cash flow right now because most likely your expenses are down, but you can still put and go through it because the fixed expenses should be relatively the same, such as utilities and, and mortgage and things like that. And it's just good to have an idea for that. What is also important is to have this plan in place because there's a lot of talk in articles about when things open up fully, that there's a bunch of money that's been saved because people haven't been able to spend and people have felt like they've lost some experiences in life in the last year and a half or so. And they're ready to spend, they're ready to go out there. And you don't want to just say, ah, you know what? I didn't spend for the last year and a half. So I'm going to make up for that. And just here here in the States,
1: we're seeing a big jump in travel. You're right.
2: Yeah. Big jump in travel. And those costs are, well, there's going to be, it's simple economics, right? There's going to be yeah. a lot of more demand for that. And they can, these a lot of these companies gonna be able to charge more for that because people are going to be willing to spend it and you're going to have more people trying to do it. So mm-hmm. it's just important to make sure that you understand what's coming in and what's going out. Very few couples do that at a high level. And that's why I just wanted to mention it here. All right. Paying yourself first. Yeah, so anyone that's read any book in finance, you've heard that probably a whole bunch of times. It's a very common phrase in finance. And it simply just means that you make it a habit to put your money into your savings account first before anything else. So as soon as you get paid, and before you have time to spend it, you make it a priority to start putting that a certain portion of your paycheck into a different account or savings to make sure it gets done.
1: And, you know, most people don't do that. They pay the bills first and whatever's left over might make it
2: into savings. Exactly. And people are very good at adjusting their lifestyles to the size of their bank account. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the yes. money goes in and everything yeah. happens and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? Didn't make it this month. Not much left over. But next month, I'm yeah. definitely doing it. And then 30 days later, okay, well, I didn't expect that to happen. But next month, it's going to be game on. And then, oh. Who would have thought Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can kind of, kind of see where this is going. So pre COVID, I would always present at Western university to the each semester to the masters of physical therapy program, students, very smart kids for sure. And it's very hard program to get into. And they're very, very dedicated and intelligent. And they, I would spend an hour going over finance for them. The reason is with many professionals such as them, doctors, dentists, all that very obviously intelligent, but they haven't been taught like most of the population, the basics of finance one-on-one. So and true. they have to spend so much time on their studies because it's such, such difficult stuff, such a difficult um, program. So I would always say at the end of my presentation, most of them are pretty, pretty keen, but I would always, there's be some obviously that weren't. You got a boring finance guy sitting up there with my monotone voice talking <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on a Friday afternoon, you'd see some, maybe some heads go down. So I'd always say, okay, down the road, if you forget anything that, that I said, just remember this. Remember that at least to always, always pay yourself first. And I would use an example. I use it because I used to be one a long time ago as a firefighter. I'd use an example compared to a physio or a chiropractor and like that, and say, the firefighter gets hired right away. Their first paycheck, their pension, their benefits, union dues, everything comes off. And then that, that amount lands in their bank account and they can go live life you guys is a bit different. That paycheck goes in directly to your, your bank account mm-hmm. and that's on you to pay your pension, mm-hmm. your benefits and anything else. And that's why it's important to figure out what amount is going to pay yourself first and what amount you're going to live on. Because I've had professionals come to me for quite a few years in their career and they're like, yep, was really mean to do this and start putting money away for savings and things like that never happened. Never got to it. Yep. And they, you know what, they work their butts off. They, they, it's, it's like a lot of occupations and they spend a lot of time in school and a lot of money on it. And when they first come out, they're like, I'm going to kind of try to start to enjoy some of this and life gets on, goes on. And before they know it, I've had 40 plus year olds sitting in front of me and they haven't even started to put money away for retirement or anything. So that's where this comes from. And Mm -hmm. It's just really putting money away into things such as different vehicles, savings account, RSPs and tax-free savings accounts are obviously a lot better, especially now in some of those occupations I'm mentioning where the incomes are higher. And it's just important to have a plan to be putting money in those. That's basically the-
1: The takeaway here. Thank you. (laughs) And I think everybody who's listening, it would behoove you to go back and listen to some of Chris's other episodes talking about saving early as early as you can, the compounding benefit of money is incredible.
2: Yep. I had a client yesterday. I was talking about this, a very successful real estate agent. And we started talking about that, especially the tax-free savings account and how even going forward, they're going to be even more valuable because of taxation. And he's like, Oh, that's right. I remember that in high school. I remember hearing (laughs) about compounding. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I should, I should take advantage of some of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So re- the most important thing two people always ask, okay, I get it, how much? And that really depends on the individual. You can Google that. You're going to see anywhere from 5 to 20%. There's a 50-30-20 rule where 50% of your net income goes on needs, 30% goes on wants, and 20% to savings. And really the best solution to this is figuring out your cash flow, the point we just went through, seeing mm-hmm. how much is left and then using that amount to go into forced savings or at least figuring out an amount that can go. And if you're paid biweekly, have it go into a different account biweekly right away. So it's off our paycheck and you get used to the amount in your bank account.
1: Now, are you equating the savings with an emergency fund or is the emergency fund separate?
2: No. So, well, yeah. So that's the next one we'll touch on that. So that is... No, that is going into something for longer term. Emergency fund is yet another bucket. And I'll, I'll get into the buckets. So emergency fund is just having a buffer in your savings account or your checking account. Some people even actually have it in their portfolio. They'll have a very conservative, like a money market fund and a portion of their tax-free savings account. They just want it completely out of their hands that they can't just go to a bank account and get it. They actually Mm -hmm. want to have to, which is, this is people like this. They want to have to contact me because (laughs) it, and it's weird with it's even though this is their money, they're like, Chris, I just like the fact that I have to contact you to access this because it really makes me think before I have to go grab it versus when it's in the bank, I can just quickly say, ah, I'm just going to take this out for the boys golf weekend and I'll put it back.
1: And Chris will never know. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not your, not the gatekeeper, but if that helps you save more then that's great. I have no problem with that. And that's basically what it is, is just having a chunk of change in your checking account or somewhere else that's separate from your main bank account so that you're not tempted to dip into it. And many experts will say it should be anywhere from three to six months of your expenses. And yeah, it's just a buffer for emergencies and things that come up.
1: Now, you briefly mentioned buckets. Talk about your three buckets.
2: So I use the bucket analogy for a couple of things. When it comes to simple finances, I, I, it's your checking account, which is, I tell people like a business, your operations account for your family, first bucket. Second bucket would be your emergency fund, that chunk of change somewhere else for the unexpected. And then the third one would be your portfolio. And that's the first analogy of buckets. And then I'll, I'll dump, I'll jump into like within a portfolio for a retiree. I also use a bucket analogy. I don't want that confusing listeners. that have listened to other episodes mm-hmm. and I'll touch on that in a minute.
1: In a minute or two, but first you want to talk about debt. Tell yeah. me about
2: debt. Debt. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing is you got to take an inventory of it. I went through this on Monday with a client and there was he hadn't really just done this in a while, and there was a lot more than he had thought because there was just so many small ones. and by the time we put it together, it looks a lot different on one sheet of paper than just an assumption in your head where things are at. So it, it is important to make sure you list them all and you know what you have and the amount owed, the interest rates and repayment terms. Once you have that, you can start to kind of because there, there needs to be a plan for this. You have to have a plan for debt. And from there you can start to prioritize how you're going to pay it off. First, focusing on the high interest debt and getting that paid off and then making your way down the interest rate ladder, as I call it, and making sure that you also put these monthly payments on your cash flow sheet, because that has to be incorporated as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan of simplifying debt and putting it in one low interest rate, like a home equity line of credit, or we just, well, we just, it was, it was our last podcast. We just did, was a unique option called the life One, which right. is kind of, which is similar to the home equity line of credit, I feel better, but it's the same kind of concept. I'm a fan because I I personally have one. I just find it it simplifies your finances. And whenever you can simplify your money, that's a good thing. That's true. And you just, understand a lot more. Yeah. And it's just easier to have one place to go and just look at it at versus like multiple debts all over the place.
1: Yeah.
2: So really, Patrice, the most important thing here is just being aware of the debt and not just. Parking it and just paying the payments, and that's it. And never revisiting the details, such as balance, interest rate, and terms, just really having an action plan for it, or at least a discussion and, and identifying mm-hmm. in that. Okay. So we'll get now into the, the portfolio protection because that's obviously and important. And this is your, is this more buckets here? Yep. Eventually. You're not letting the buckets go, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> go ahead. So portfolio protection is is important of course the closer you get to retirement then it's going to be even more important and right now a lot of things have changed for people because the environment so have you revisited your risk level are you closer to retirement has covid made you decide to delay retirement are you putting more money in your portfolio because your expenses are down we've had a lot of clients put more money in their portfolios because they couldn't spend Mm -hmm. and things like renovations and trips and all of that being put on delay and they keep having the same amount of money come in each month so they're like well we don't even need this because by the time we're going to spend on renovations or a trip we'll have more anyway so put this in your por- in our portfolio and all these things are just you want to consider them if you need to make changes to your risk level the portfolio maybe your t- time horizons changed all important things to revisit and that's going to add protection as well to the portfolio that to make sure that it's applicable to now where you're at. Mm-hmm. Also really important. If you've had material changes in your end, have you let your advisor know we're always doing random checks in the client in check-ins the clients just for this. And even it's so interesting. When I call just to check in see how they're doing, they're like, no, nothing's changed. And we're like, okay, we'll just start talking about things and all of that. And then five minutes later, well, something pop. Oh yeah. You know what? Actually this, I'm actually, I'm leaving my employer and starting my own, my own business. And and I'm going to, I need to buy all this equipment. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a that's pretty a big change. change. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I was just going to talk to you about it at our next review. I'm like, no, 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 Remember, I always, my clients listen to this would always hear me always say, remember to contact me if anything changes on your end, I yeah. will contact you if I need to change something in regards to our plan or portfolio, but I don't know if something just popped up. You've got to make sure you let me know. And yeah, so those are a couple things. Time horizons, I mentioned before, if it's close to retirement, why that's important is because if you're close to retirement, you can't take a drop like a 30 year old can and just wait it out. And we've had a good run since 2009. Like, of course there's been blips and last year was definitely yes, a good, yes. good chunk down, but really it's also a good chunk up afterwards. Yeah. And. It's just important to make sure that those you've made those changes as you get closer to retirement. And here, so as Patrice has mentioned a couple of times, we've I've okay. talked about the, okay. the three buckets in the portfolio <laughs> for retirees, and that's basically after figuring out your cash flow. Again, I don't know if you guys see a theme on this, but after your cash flow and figured out how much your lifestyle costs, what do you need for the next year roughly? What would that be? Well, that goes in a different portion of the portfolio that's very safe, like a money market. The next bucket would be one to two years of that amount for income. So now you kind of have three: one year very safe because you're going to be using it soon. Mm-hmm. The next bucket is one to two years in the portfolio of something more conservative and the rest of the portfolio is more aggressive. That's how you're avoiding having to pull out a bunch of money in retirement when you finally start drawing income down. If the market's down, such as last year in the beginning of the year. Right, right. So that's just another bucket analogy. One thing I definitely want to mention in regards to portfolios, we did another podcast on this. Uh, I don't, Patrice, you remember with- uh, Oh yes, with Travis Foreman. right. Yes. So we went over alternative investments in the portfolio and how important they are, especially in the environment we are currently in right now with very low interest rates. And at some point, increasing interest rates and increasing inflation and that podcast you can go back and listen but i feel in this important environment they are very important it's, explain it's,
1: explain briefly an alternative yeah.
2: investment so pension fund managers have used these for a very long time ultra high net worth have been using them they have a low correlation with public equity markets and traditional fixed income so in addition these private alternatives generate consistent returns with a lower volatility and they basically protect the portfolios from large downturns or losses and can potentially provide better risk adjusted Mm -hmm. returns. So Travis mentions that they're not also not easily accessible for everyone and every advisor because they aren't. (laughs) We are fortunate because we do have access to them. And I've been putting these in clients portfolios because the current environment makes me a little nervous with that. So having these as another um, alternative in the portfolio, another asset class, I feel is very important because it adds protection that they didn't have before. And uh, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, but if you want to Google the death of a balanced portfolio or the death of 60-40, which is simple, same thing, it means 60% equity, 40% fixed income
1: Mm
2: -hmm. due to interest rates, it kind of goes over these same things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of some of the things to add protection to the portfolio.
1: And again, that was a podcast with Travis Foreman. So if listeners want to go back and find it, just Google it. You'll be able to find it.
2: The importance of tax plans, it eliminates basically overpaying because it eats up your disposable income. So it's pretty important to make sure you're doing a plan around that. And this way it's leaving more more money for you and your family.
1: And I don't know of anyone who likes paying the government more taxes (laughs) than they have to.
2: No, exactly. So taxes are always a concern for moles, but right now people are even more concerned. I've actually had two clients in the last little bit really concerned, like I mean, willing to make drastic changes because they're so concerned because of COVID. So people are quite concerned with all the money that was dumped into the Canadian economy that, hey, it's like anything else, needs to be repaid. And one of the ways the government will cover some of this is basically to increase taxes. So tax planning will continue to be a very important part. Mm-hmm. How do you then effectively tax? Well, by obviously working with your advisor, your accountant, and even learning yourself uh, to a certain degree is, is very valuable. Yeah, so guys, this, this is a, a point of all this, is providing education, a resource for you guys to learn. That's why I do these podcasts. And these are all developed from questions that clients have. And as I'm going through the tax one, I'm like, yep, I did, I, we did a tax planning one at the end of last year. And we're going to continue doing them uh, a couple each year just to provide at specific times in the year where it's more important for this. Because tax planning is quite important, and we will be doing that twice a year, as I mentioned. So you'll have to tune in for that for sure. And you're right right about the
1: tax planning, too. Sorry to jump in here, but most people wait until the very last minute. Oh, I've got to file my taxes. No, 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 no. You should be looking at this far in advance.
2: Absolutely, and most don't, and that's exactly like basically advice for you regarding tax planning with your accountant is generally worth the money spent to discuss it. Because when you're doing tax planning for major life events, it can be extremely more costly with poor to no tax planning. So, to do it, and if it costs you some money with your accountant or not, it, just having a chat like it's obviously quite important. We feel it's so important that we regularly try to communicate with our clients' accountants, and just recently. We've felt that it was so important. We have an in-house accountant now oh, that we have full access to for tax planning to take to a higher level for our clients. Cause we feel that it's always been important. It's just going to be even more important and necessity going forward with the with where we're at. COVID changed a lot of things, a lot of industries and, a lot, and we're mm-hmm. adapting to that. So, mm-hmm.
1: all right. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up here with estate planning.
2: Yeah. So. Our clients, we nag them a lot with this. It's on our check sheet to make sure that they eventually get it done. I I like to nag my clients to success. And (laughs) (laughs) we want to keep it and keep it going and making sure they get it done. And obviously my background from where I came, fire and paramedic a long time ago, you saw a lot of people that woke up that day and went to work and thought they had the rest of their life to do things and it never happened. So I'm very big on pushing clients to get that done. And everyone should have it. A will and power of attorney is not just for the wealthy, everybody. Right. And I've come across people in their 80s and people in high-risk jobs such as police and fire, no will. And it just simply needs to be done.
1: The peace of mind it gives you, there's no reason not to do it. It does take work. But the peace of mind
2: afterwards, it's there. And you can ask most lawyers on this, people procrastinate on this big yes. time. And it's, I always tell young couples before they do it. Cause I just don't want them to find hurdles to not do it. I say the, first, the biggest thing you're going to have trouble with, not everyone, but, but most is if you both pass away, who's going to take care of the children? Yeah. Because then they'll sit there, and he's like, "Well, I'm not letting my wife's sister-in-law touch my kids." And then and he's like, "Well, your brother's not going to do it because he did this and did that, <laughs> and he can't take care of a pet rock." And then the conversations just start up, and I'm like, see, this is why you want to kind of figure that out right. before you go to the lawyer. And there's no excuses now. All of this can be done online, so you don't have to drive back and forth to a lawyer's office and all of that. You can easily do this online. There's lawyers where the whole thing is done through online and courier and email. Mm-hmm. But basically, really quick, is it's important to get it done because if you don't, your estate could potentially be going where you don't want it to. And if you have kids, you're leaving up to the courts to pick the guardian of where your children are going. Yeah. So that, those are two pretty big reasons to just get that important document done. The powers of attorneys, we use those all the time. I'm going through a, a, a situation right now where the client's relative thanks me every single time that we speak because I literally had to get a lawyer to drive out to my client's house and get this done for her because she told me for three years straight, she was getting it done. Never did. And a friend of mine, that's a lawyer that I deal with. We, I got her to drive the client's house and do it. (laughs) It's that important. And the difference now that it's in force, like if if it wasn't done, it would have been a nightmare. And it's, I see this. That's why I I chirp it so much to my clients, how important it is. So really quick, two types of power of attorney. There's one for property, which is like legal authority for the person to have access to bank accounts and finances and sell your, if it's for your parents, their house, if they go into a nursing home, things you kind of don't think of the other personal power of attorney is like basically to deal with who's incapacitated. Mm -hmm. So it would allow you to be involved in monitoring medical care for a loved one or talking to the doctors or you know what, even having to change a doctor if you had to. And you have to have these discussions because if you were major dementia and you had to be being f- f- fed every day and you went the vital signs absence, you passed away, would you want full resuscitation? Like these are some of the These are questions that
1: need to be answered.
2: Yeah. Now. By, by you, right. And an example of this was once again a lot of fire, fire exam, fire, fire examples today. But anyways, they, they, they always keep coming back. Whoever mm-hmm. thought they'd relate to finance? But I remember an example of in the living room, the the older gentleman had passed away, had a heart, heart attack, and he's on his he's on the on the on the floor in the living room, and myself and my my coworkers are trying to work on him, and it was a full family dispute to the point where the police had to get in and separate them because one. Brother and and wife were arguing that he didn't want anything done. And the others were saying no, he does. And right there, oh. and we have this going on around oh, us where wow. we just want to focus on doing what's right, but they didn't have the documentation. There's things called do not resuscitate orders. There was none of that. So we have to obviously follow the rules. But I just remember you were, were trying to focus on helping him And it's like a it's like a UFC fight in the background. Jeez. Oh, with because it was never talked about.
1: Yeah.
2: So Anyways, uh, really oh really quick with that. I also remember too it was a retired one of the lawyers uh, retired lawyer. He said once to me, he said, one of the best parts of his career wasn't personal injury, it wasn't real estate, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was seeing the relief on a couple's face once they had finally signed and done their will and power as attorney. Yeah, yeah it was like, I just I'll never forget when he said that because I was like, wow huh, that's a comment I will never forget. Yeah. And that he said, yeah, it's just that peace of mind that they had finally got it done. And I see the same thing when I ask clients and say, all right, I'm going to ask. And they're like, yes, (laughs) we are done. And I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it, Patrice. That's my self defense skills for finance. If we were in person right now, (laughs) I I would bow and exit the mats.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But there is such a peace of mind, as you mentioned. It's a wonderful thing just to get this done. It does take work. It does take people who know what they are doing to help you. And Chris, if people want to reach out and ask you some questions, how can they get to you?
2: Yeah, easiest way, LinkedIn, Facebook channels, we have pages on that. But then, of course, our website, threehatsfinancial.ca, and there's a contact form right there.
1: Don't miss one episode of this podcast, folks all you have to do is hit the subscribe button very gently please you can also share and comment and please like i'm patrice sakura and let's talk again
0: later thank you for listening to the ride life work and wealth podcast click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation.